Which set of role-playing game rules should you use? What do you need to learn before you run the game? And how important are the rules to the success of the game? Hey, it's Che, and this is Roleplay Rescue. Che's gonna bring me back Give me a plus one to attack Oh, 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 I want to come back to the dice Whoa, oh, 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 I think I need some good advice I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah Oh, yeah Hello, rescuers, and welcome back to Roleplay Rescue The podcast about getting back to the table As an anxious gamer, the biggest focus of my hobby over the years has been the question of which set of rules is the best for role-playing. My experience has been simple. This is the wrong question. For starters, the concept of the role-playing game is broad and nebulous, so much so as to be almost totally unhelpful. Despite the best efforts of many thinkers over the years, there are very few useful things we can say about all role-playing games. The idea that there is one rule system for all is, well, false. The game I love most can certainly handle pretty much any type of role-playing game you might wish to play, but the problem is that not every player believes that they will enjoy that set of rules. Then there is the much-vaunted statement that system matters, which is, let's be honest, obvious and vague. My problem with the statement is that it is often used to overstate the importance of the game rules over other elements of the game, such as the world or the methodology of play. Rules are tools for adjudication. The purpose of rules is to help the GM, and sometimes the players, depending on your methodology of play, to help us figure out what happens when a declared action is uncertain. The rules define the parameters of the game's reality, What can be achieved and what is unlikely, even impossible, is largely determined by the rules we choose. And so our questions. Which set of rules should we use? The ones that match our goals with the world and the methodology. What do you need to learn before you run the game? Ideally, everything, but actually just the minimum needed to adjudicate the situations in your session. How important are the rules to the success of that game? Well, that depends on who is at the table. This is Season 11, Episode 8, Choose Your Rules. Traditionally, the GM adjudicates the rules of the role-playing game. Of course, if you are playing a cooperative storytelling game, then the methodology needed to run that game will give the players more adjudicatory authority If you are playing GMless or solo, well, you are using other tools and methods in addition to the rules to help you adjudicate. But I'm going to talk from my own pretty traditional role-playing game experience because, well, those are the forms of tabletop narrative games that I actually play and therefore feel I can talk about. Your mileage may vary. So, the GM adjudicates the rules. If you are the GM, then the first thing to say is that the best set of rules is the set of rules you are most comfortable and confident with playing. This is a matter of personal taste, and you should absolutely not run a set of rules that you are uncomfortable with using. 
unless of course you're trying something completely new and then you'll probably be slightly more uncomfortable oh come on let's not get into exceptions stick with what you know and what you like players have opinions on the rule system of course they do but players are not going to be responsible for running the game. Players are responsible for running their characters, setting goals for their characters, making decisions in character, and working together with a group, the player characters, to achieve those goals. Players' opinions are usually based upon a variety of motives that, while important to the group, should not be the reason you play that particular rule system. Over 40 years, this has been the biggest mistake that I've made as a GM, playing games that I am either not enjoying or not invested in running, largely due to allowing my social anxiety about what the players will think to override my likes, tastes and interests. The GM is the one player who will be present every session. They are the arbiter of the world of the game. They get to choose the rules. With anxiety, the things that trigger us are varied. Some people find detailed or complex systems intimidating, but I find them comforting. Other people find the prospect of improvising game design in session exciting. I find it terrifying. Thus, while you might prefer a set of rules printed on one page and find that comfortable, I find it distinctly lacking. The trick is to know yourself and to figure out what you like. With more detailed and or complex games, remember that you don't need to know everything before you play. You just need to learn the core principles that underlie the system so that you can adjudicate consistently. Again, Pick something you like. Here are some things to consider. If you don't like reading rules and learning lots of details, then run a so-called lighter rule set. The trade-off will be less detailed, but that will suit you better. If you feel safer with more information, then pick a game with the details you need. One of the key reasons I think Dungeons & Dragons is the world's most popular RPG is because it sits somewhere on the lighter side of the midpoint of detail and complexity. That sounds a bit weird when I say it out loud. There's an easy-to-understand core mechanism, the Roll 1d20 plus modifiers score high rule, and just enough variety and detail to suit most people. It's generic enough to reach a large audience. It's the regular kind of RPG, in the sense of it's what most people expect when they talk about a role-playing game. But hey, I'm overlooking, you know, 50 years of marketing here. What you really need to think about when you start to run games is how easy it's going to be to access that system. Is it easy to grok? Easy access systems are advantageous because they're easy for everyone, not least you, but also the players. Easy for them to grasp and to use. How easy are the mechanisms to learn and use? How much system knowledge is needed to do most things? Pay attention to combat because many people roleplay in such a manner as to get into fights quite a lot. My litmus test for easy access is twofold. First, how easily do I get, understand, grok the system? And second, how long does it take to explain the basics to another player? I teach and introduce the hobby to young teenage people, so for me, I got quite good at knowing what to tell them and how to go about telling them it. My favourite game system is GURPS, the generic universal role-playing system from Steve Jackson Games. It has three basic rules for play, success roles, damage roles and reaction roles. Characters are built using character points, and the whole range of options for what you can build is near infinite, so a lot of people think that it's a complex game, but it isn't. In GURPS, when something is uncertain, you'll roll 3d6 and try to score less than an ability, a skill, or other value from your character sheet. Damage is always rolled using six-sided dice, and you use the dice plus adds system, subtracting armor from the damage rolled and the leftovers from the hit points. 
If the GM doesn't know how an NPC or group will react to the party, they can optionally roll 3d6 on a reaction table. High scores are more favourable to the player characters. It's easy access because that's all you need to play the game. Complexity scales with the decisions you make about which parts of the rules to add in. Where games are less accessible are where the player needs to have more technical knowledge of the system to make meaningful choices in-game. This usually shows up in combat scenes. Games that have lots of special abilities and powers which players can activate and which interact with other mechanisms of play, which the neophytes might not have learned, are more problematic because you're going to spend more time in-game explaining things, which means you need to have mastered that knowledge beforehand as a GM or you'll be looking stuff up in books during play. Because I fear making mistakes, and I dislike referencing books during play, I opt for games where the detail scales over time. If your favourite game has these kinds of special abilities from the get-go, then you'll probably find players recommending neophytes to play simple character concepts, like being the fighter in D&D. One red herring here, though. Character creation complexity is not the same as system complexity. Many games front-load detail and maths into character creation, but are otherwise very easy to access. And that's why my second tip is about making life easier for everyone by keeping character creation quick. My favourite game, GURPS, is famously complex when it comes to making a character. I think this is overstated, but it's the perception. Why? Because it's a point-by system, and typically, GURPS players have tended to prefer high points value, and therefore high-powered, character concepts. This trend to high power, cinematic play, is rife in gaming culture, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it isn't my jam. That's not the fault of the game system. It's a choice players and GMs are making. Most systems get around the complexity of character creation in one of two ways. They either limit your choices and pre-package abilities into things like classes or templates, or they make characters more abstract and broadly more able. Because most players seem to prefer to make fewer choices and are happy to accept generic pre-packaged choices, the hobby has generally favoured this approach. It also favours the publishers because game designers can keep churning out new packages in the form of species and variant classes ad infinitum. While this seems simpler to begin with, my experience is that it leads to constant series of new books and new things to keep learning about. In other words, the game system continues to be something I have to learn. Abstraction and broad ability is the root of the so-called rules-light approach. You limit the ways in which you define the character to as few things as you think you might need during play. The classic six attributes are popular, rolling against strength, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, constitution and charisma suits a lot of people. Dodge the trap, roll decks. Pick the lock, roll decks. Jump across the pit, roll decks. You get the idea. No skills, special abilities or exceptional powers to worry about. I am a warrior and I can do all the things I expect a warrior to be able to do. For example, this particularly favours gamers who like cinematic logic in their games, playing as movie type heroes. It's simple, after all. Now we can get on with the playing and the rules don't get in the way. You can make this quick character creation even easier by randomly determining some or all of the character's abilities. D&D did this from day one. Sure, you sacrifice the idea of balance or fairness in that different players get a result that gives one player significant statistical advantage over the other. But again, 
Some of us enjoy playing what we generate. The challenge is in playing in spite of those odds. My main point is this. When you start out, make it quicker and easier to get players started. In D&D, I recommend using the basic rules, which are a free download, and limiting characters to the classic races and classes. In my own GURPS games, I have learned to start with fewer character points and a narrow range of initial choices. I also enjoy using templates, which, again, allows for players to opt for prepackaged types of characters, requiring less thought on their part. On this point, make equipment shopping quicker too. I use prepackaged kits of basic gear, allow players to choose from a range of weapons and armour, and then get them into the action. Of course, this works well in my preferred types of games. My power levels are muted, the world is more realistic, and the challenges are grittier. Which brings us to consider the world. I know we've been talking about the rules, but in truth, we should have started with the world. Your choice of rules needs to support your choice of world. If I choose the rules first, and this is where system matters, those rules provide a series of parameters and assumptions which inevitably flavour the world. When I play D&D, all my worlds operate on the same principles. Magic is real and powered by the Vancian system. Adventurers are powerful, gold is the monetary standard, and the average human will succeed at most things most of the time. All my worlds played in D&D have the same feeling, the same vibe. And that's great if you enjoy that vibe. GURPS feels different to D&D. For starters, there are at least four published approaches to magic and you can customise them in so many ways that, well, Vancian magic is just one possibility. More telling, because it's a generic universal role-playing system, GURPS isn't limited to fantasy and allows for easy inclusion of any other technology you fancy. Lasers and 9mm pistols are in the basic set, for example. The challenge with GURPS is that you have to figure out the world before you can start to play. With D&D, you have generic fantasy land, all ready to reskin without too much thought. If world matters to you, then choose your system with care. Of course, judging from the lack of discussion about worlds and setting in the wider community, the regular kind of game treats the world as a convenient backdrop to the action. And that's fine if the focus of play doesn't require a fantastic world to explore. But if, like me, you are a world builder and a GM who has players who enjoy exploration as part of play, then the world is going to be a big focus of the game. Do the rules of the game reflect the way reality works in your world? Look at it from a cinematic point of view. If you like action movies and you want to play in a cinematic style with movie logic instead of grounded physics, then you probably want your game rules to allow this. Because the cinematic style is so prevalent, because I think power fantasy and the idea that RPGs are about storytelling is such a popular idea, then rules which allow more latitude for high-octane hijinks are preferable to more people. Enter the abstract rules like hand-wave-the-details game of your choice. Here's my point. Worlds matter to some of us. One of my favourite worlds is Glorantha. I wouldn't play in Glorantha with D&D, because, well, it wouldn't be Glorantha anymore. Spirit magic is not something the standard D&D game rules can handle because the assumptions are fundamentally at odds with Vancian magic casting. I would, of course, choose RuneQuest, the game designed to emulate Glorantha. But the more generic your world, then the less worlds matter, and interestingly, the less system matters. 
System matters when it is supporting or opposing a particular choice we are making about the game we seek to play. If something in the rules gets in the way of the methodology, or the outcome, or the feeling, or the goals of play, or something else in your game, well, then you throw it out. At first, you can ditch or tweak some aspect of the rules for small things, but if the game isn't really suited to the world, or your methodology, or something else jars with it, for goodness sake, go find a set of rules that's a better fit. You'll have less stress and more enjoyment in the long run. Finally, let's just remember one thing about learning the rules of any game. You don't learn merely by reading. You need to play the game to master it. Start small and simple. Use the core bits of the game. Get some success roles in, play a few fights, muck about with the most common tropes of the genre. Learn incrementally so that you can keep moving forward instead of succumbing to the fear of getting it wrong. What I do to learn a new game is to make a character for myself and then run a one-to-one fight solo, usually against a goblin or a wolf or a bear. I might run that character alongside a second one through a short five-room dungeon or a similar location, space station and a sci-fi game, for example. And then I test out parts of the rules one by one, building my knowledge incrementally and learning how it works through actual play, through repetition of the rules that get played. That's the way towards mastering a game system. These days, my advice is to pick a set of rules you like and run your games using just that set of rules master them. Anxiety arises from uncertainty and the more familiar you are with the rules the less anxiety you will feel about them. If you don't have the stomach for learning detailed extensive rules then for goodness sake stick to something smaller and lighter. If you prefer the detail as I do then do yourself a favour and play that system consistently. Master it. Make your scenarios more complex over time as you grow in confidence with the rules. One of the things I like to do, for example, is to introduce poison in an early adventure. The idea here is I can then go learn the rules for poisoning and apply them during the session. Anyway, that's about all I've got to say on the topic, so I just wanted to say big thank you for listening. As you know, I love to hear from you. If you've got a question or comment, then please hop over to speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue where you can leave a 90-second message. Alternatively, hop over to the blog at roleplayrescue.com and press the button on the top right, which will take you straight to Speakpipe. As ever, I'll stick the links in the show notes. Let's find out who's called in this week. Hey, Shay. This is the Pink Phantom. I just wanted to say I've, I just finished listening to your most recent podcast talking about the open table and moving the rules behind the GM screen. And I thought it was a very good episode. Uh, I wish I had your bre- ability to be both brief and informative. I tend to chase things around and do a lot of stopping and pondering between between thoughts. And so you were very effective at putting across, I think, what you were trying to talk about. It was very clear to me um, just how you were covering things. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the effort that you're putting in to, to really illustrating this, this style of play that dates back to the very beginnings of the hobby. Hey, Trey, Jason here. Just finished episode 11. 
0.05. Your interview with Minion, a.k.a. Rob, from Confessions of Wee Timmer Spushy. Really enjoyed it. Thought you did a great job. Um, I am one of those that has a great love for AD&D First Edition. I have no love for Second Edition. Never played it back in the day. I had moved on from D&D before Second Edition came out. And looking at it now, it just... Yeah, it, it doesn't have the um, charm that first edition has. If I was going to play a game like that and just look for a better system, I wouldn't pick any TSR game, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I would pick the Black Hack, or I'd pick, IC, pick ICRPG. But out of the TSR era game, D&D games, OD&D and AD&D first edition are definitely the ones I love. And... Um, yeah, the charm and the high gigaxian and all that's a huge part of it, as is the idea of trying to run it. You know, rules is written to the best of your ability through that. The challenge of that, I think, is an interesting challenge and I, and I think worthwhile. But it, it's, it's a great snapshot of history, and I'm glad that Wizards of the Coast keeps it available in PDF and to some degree print on demand so people can see, you know, the roots of the hobby. I think that's really important. Thanks for the interview. I'll talk to you soon. Big thank you to both callers for taking the time to call in and give feedback. I really do always appreciate the positive feedback. It helps to encourage me to keep going. I just wanted to address uh, Jason's point, really, at the end there about AD&D and just kind of say that the comments he makes are, well, reflective of what we've just been talking about, about rules. Jason prefers rules like games. He prefers games that actually have you know less mechanisms to worry about. But on the other hand, there's this factor of the nostalgia for a game or perhaps the particular vibe and feeling that a game has or even the challenge of running that game rules as written these are other factors to consider and i just wanted to thank him for dropping that into the mix game on guys hey Trey, just a general uh question uh i know you have a love for skill-based systems and uh, specifically gurps and i've been running delta green and uh call of cthulhu 7th edition and which are both skill-based systems, and I find it a struggle about um, which choosing what skills to use, when when to roll, when not to roll. Um, and I was just curious about what your thoughts on that were, and how how do you handle uh, the skill-based game at the table? Anyway, have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Weeb. Great question. Thank you very much for calling in and asking it. And sorry that you're struggling a little bit with skill-based games. I do too, to be honest with you, at times. I think the longer the skill list, the harder it gets. And so GURPS can be quite a struggle for that. A couple of things that I do to make life easier. In my Mr. game, which is run using Mithras Classic Fantasy, I simply printed off the full list of skills that's in Mithras, it's on a single page in the rule book, really handy little reference. Print that off, have it in front of me during a session, and when I need to call for a skill check, I look down that list. There's a list there of somewhere between 30 and 50 maybe skills, so it's kind of easy to manage. With GURPS, I actually do it in a different way. I become familiar with, first of all, what the characters have on their sheets, and if you're playing lower points as I do, that means fewer skills. But I also think about when I'm setting up a situation, what are the most common skills that might be coming up here? And I've actually learned to add the rules for that into my notes. 
So I do this a lot with keyed location-based ventures. If there is, for example, a lock to pick, then what I might do is just pull the rules for lock picking that I need, the bits I need, out of the rule book, out of the PDF, copy and paste it into my notes and have it there right in front of me on screen or in front of me on my notes if I'm playing face-to-face, they're ready to go. And of course, that's just for reference. Over time, as I get more and more familiar with that particular rule and using that particular skill, it gets memorized and it becomes more solid and I can drop those notes out. So those are two approaches that I use to handle skills within the games. And I hope that maybe one of those will work for you. That being said, if playing a skill-based game is causing you stress and you're kind of getting freaked out by that, then it might be time to think about switching to a game that doesn't have skills Try something like ICRPG or another rules-like game which basically abstracts this more. You might find it's a little easier on the stress levels. But of course, your mileage, well, as ever, it can vary. Thanks for the call in, man. Speak to you soon. I hope that today's show has been useful or interesting, or preferably both. Big thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time. Thanks to the Pink Phantom, Jason Connolly, and Jason Weeb for the call-ins today. Love the feedback, and especially the question. Please keep them coming. Thanks to the Roleplay Rescue patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. Thanks also to John from Tale of the Manticore for the show music. That's it for now. Please stay safe and we'll talk again next time. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. Game on.